Well, good morning to you. Am, am I on? Okay, good. Um, welcome to St. Mark's. It's good to see you here this morning. We continue our sermon series today uh, based on John Endermark's book, Gospel Lives, the themes that you will find there. And today's passage of Scripture is this passage from Mark, uh, Mark's Gospel, the sixth chapter, verses one through six. And the title of the sermon today is Rejected, Rejected. I was thinking about as I was walking up here that there's the story about that when you get to heaven, someone was asking if there was humor in heaven. And St. Peter, who met this person at the gate, said, absolutely there's humor at heaven. The only problem is, is that we've all been here so long that we know all of the jokes. And so now it's to the point where we just say joke number 45 and everybody laughs and we just move on about our day. And, you know, as I walk up here, I always think, have I told this story before? And so I'm guilty of that because I don't write manuscripts for my sermons. And I've preached this text before, I think, at St. Mark's. And so if I've preached this text before, then I may have told the story before. But I can't remember telling it. And that means you probably can't remember me telling it anyway. But I, 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 I may have shared with you before that I, I don't go to high school class reunions anymore. Several years ago, I just got tired of going back from my high school reunions. It's not because I don't want to see people that I grew up with or reminisce, or any of those things. But, but what I found that was, was true of our high school class reunions is that when you go back to them, people sort of expect you to revert back to the person that you were when you were in high school. And I'm not really proud of who that person was and don't really want to go back there. I mean, I was the guy in high school that was more interested in uh, John Bon Jovi than John the Baptist. Uh, I, I really focused more on Axel Rose instead of the Rose of Sharon, which is an Old Testament reference if you don't recognize that. Uh, I was a mischievous kid. I wasn't a mean kid, but I was the guy that hid the preacher's manuscript a few times on Sunday morning, which may be why I don't preach with manuscripts today. <laughs> Afraid somebody will do the same thing to me. Uh, I was the guy that during the free period in high school would go into the classrooms before they locked them while people were out, and I'd totally rearrange the room so that the teacher's desk was on the other side, and we were all facing in different directions. I was the guy that if you left your grade book on the desk, it wouldn't be there when you got back, and you'd have to search for a while before you found it. Uh, I, I was the guy that, that was just always trying to have a little fun, always being mischievous and, and, and always finding myself in some sort of low-grade trouble all the time. Now, you're thinking some things have never changed, right? But, but I really, I got sick of ever going back to my class reunions and, and I couldn't be who I am because they only wanted to remember who I was. I got so sick of people saying, well, yeah, Tommy, I know you're a preacher now, but I remember back when you did this. And they would just go on. And I'm like, you know, I don't mind a good laugh at my expense, and I don't deny some of the mischievous things that I did when I was being uh, raised in, in my small town, but, but I, I, I'm not that person anymore, at least to some degree. I, I don't want to keep living in the past and I felt like that that my friends were rejecting who I am today 
because of who I was before. And I think you'll see some of that happening in our scripture lesson this morning. Jesus is on his way back to his own hometown. And and Jesus is about to realize, if he doesn't already realize, just how harsh the hometown crowd can be. Jesus is about to realize, if he doesn't already know, how you can be rejected by the people who claim to know you the best. And that seems to me what's happening in our scripture. Jesus has gone back home, but he's not there for a class reunion. Jesus has not gone back home so that he can hang out in the house where he grew up. Jesus has not gone back home just so he can hang out with his friends and his family. Jesus has gone back home as a rabbi. And and Jesus has gone back home as a rabbi. We know that because the scripture opens up by saying that he is teaching in the synagogue. That's the same place where Jesus likely carved his name into the back of the pew on the back row. No, I've reverted back to my childhood again. I'm sorry about that. Uh, This is the same place where Jesus had been sitting there throughout his childhood learning about the laws and the prophets and only now Jesus is standing in front of them. Instead of listening and hearing and learning about the laws and the prophets, now Jesus is actually teaching about those laws and prophets. There's just one problem. The people there cannot receive his instruction. They cannot receive his instruction because they remember who Jesus used to be. And they are rejecting Jesus in the present because of what Jesus was in the past. And they're saying things like, isn't this the carpenter? I mean, isn't this the guy that is much better at crafting a chicken coop than he is a good sermon? Isn't this the Jesus who is better at repairing roofs than teaching the Torah? Isn't this the carpenter? How in the world can he stand and speak with authority here in the synagogue now if he's a man of his hands and not a man of words? And then maybe there's another little uh, evidence of how the hometown crowd views Jesus. We're also said that they said, is this not Mary's son? Now that's interesting that that they would say, is this not Mary's son? Because typically in Jesus' day, the boy was always identified as the son of the father. So maybe the reason why Jesus is identified as Mary's son instead of Joseph's son is because Joseph died some time ago. Maybe that's why Jesus didn't even begin his real earthly ministry until he was 30 years old because maybe Jesus' earthly father Joseph passed away a long time ago and Jesus accepted the responsibility of helping his mother to raise his siblings until they were all able to care for themselves. And so maybe that's why they refer to him as Mary's son because dad has been out of the picture for a long time now and, and the only real frame of reference they have is that this is the son of Mary. And yet, 
It might be another form of rejection. It might be another intended insult for Jesus that they are calling him Mary's son. Maybe they are questioning the suspicions that they have around who his father really is. Maybe they've heard the stories, well, Joseph was his father, but Joseph wasn't his father if he came from God. And so maybe what they're trying to get at here is just another way of putting Jesus in his place. Another way of rejecting who he is today because of where he came from in the past. It's a way of keeping him in his place. And their question is, how can a handyman with paternity issues be from God or speak on behalf of God? This is the guy that came from a town that people didn't think anything good could come from. This is a man who had spent the majority of his life working in the skills and the trades and, and not in the highest academic institutions learning about the law and Torah. Maybe their preconceptions of who Jesus was gets in their way of them seeing who Jesus is. And so they reject him. They reject him for who he is because of what he was. Well, Mark says that, Luke, uh, that uh, Jesus was disappointed but that that did not stop him. Mark says that uh, he was amazed at their unbelief and that he was impeded in his ability to do ministry because of their unbelief, and yet he did what he could. Mark seems to be suggesting that Jesus could have done a great deal more if people could have received him for who he was instead of rejecting him because of what he was. Mark says that Jesus could only heal a few people because of the unbelief, because of the way that he had been rejected. It's as if, if your way is the only way as far as you're concerned, you'll never be able to see anybody else's way. It's as if we understand something and we think that we figured it all out. We'll never be open to understanding it in a different way or seeing it from a different perspective. Mark seems to suggest that you and I and the crowd there that day can help or hinder the work of Jesus based on our ability to receive Jesus as he is and not reject him because of what he was. It's not lost on me, the pastor, the preacher, that in this story it is the people who would say that they knew Jesus the best and the most are the ones that reject him his own family, and the people of his own hometown. It's as if Mark wants to caution you and me who've been raised in the church, who claim that we are walking with Jesus, that we know Jesus, 
that we have a close relationship with Jesus. That those who think that they are the closest to Jesus are the ones who can reject Jesus. Is it possible that Jesus could be doing a whole lot more in your life and in mine and in our church and in our world if we didn't have such unbelief? If we, in so many different ways of our lives, did not reject the Christ.